Welcome to Spinning Out. I'm your host, Josh Robbins. This is a podcast where we talk to guests about their favorite albums. Today we're talking with Anika Pyle of Katie Ellen and Chumped. We talked about Radiator Hospital's 2013 album, Something Wild. We also talk about finding the honesty in music and not overworking ideas. Anika released her solo album, Wild River, on February 12, 2021. You can check that out on her Bandcamp or wherever you stream music. I will say I left out some of my personal experience with Sam of Radiator Hospital because, honestly, I hog up these conversations enough and just wanted to chat with Anika about how this album connects with her life and what path it's led her down with her own songwriting. But I remember picking up Sam from the bus station, seeing him play solo out of space in town in Charlotte, North Carolina. I also remember people essentially talking over him and him wrestling with the crowd and winning them back with an acapella rendition of one of his songs. And then flash forward a couple years, Radiator Hospital played with my bands All Right and Late Bloomer in Philly. And, you know, just kind of revisiting this album reminded me of how much Radiator Hospital meant to me. It also just makes me feel like, you know, music we were doing at the time made sense. Community is the word, I think. Swearing and Wax at you are totally a part of that conversation, too. And as you may have heard with episode 57 with Evan Bernard, the Philly scene in general. I don't tend to go on as much in these intros, but I just, you know, simply felt right to give a little context. Anika and I talk a lot about subjects in the conversation that we felt mirror how we, you know, see the album and the scene at the time, without talking a ton about the album specifically track by track. But, you know, that's kind of expected on this podcast at this point, I think. So... Don't forget to check out our Patreon. It's patreon.com slash spinningoutpod. My co-host Sarah and I talk about records from our past. Go subscribe now for our exclusive weekly feed. Okay, I won't hold you anymore. I had a lovely chat with Anika, so let's get to it. Hey, Nika, how's it going? Good. Very good. How are you? Pretty good. Um, just had a long weekend, and here we are on, I was going to say Monday, but it is, in <laughs> fact, Tuesday. Feels like a Monday. Yeah. Um, but today we are talking about Radiator Hospital's 2013 album, Something Wild, that was released on Salinas Records. And what I'll ask is, was this the first Radiator Hospital record you heard, or... Um, no, I had heard their EP, um, an EP of theirs before that, which I have on a seven inch and I, for some reason, the name of it's escaping me. Um, it has an astronaut on the cover. Oh yeah. Um, uh, oh, that's the one with uh, Sigourney Weaver on it. Oh um, yeah. <laughs> I think the only reason I don't have that one is cause it got, it got sent to me, but I think it was warped. Um, oh, and no. Jeff Bolt, I think, wrote me a note that I was like, I think the record's messed up. And it was like, it looked like a potato chip. Oh, uh, 
<laughs> so, so I was like, well, that's, you know. Um, but yeah, I can't remember the name of that one, honestly. Uh, yeah, but... I can like see it in my mind. But yeah, that that record I had heard before and I really liked. Um, so yeah, that was my intro into oh, Rad, okay. Radhose, Radhouse. So early adopter. Early adopter, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Although I think Sam had put a bunch of stuff out before that, but I can't recall now. I think, yeah, I feel like I want to. I want to say that he was pretty prolific before that, but yeah, he definitely was. Um, I think like when I first heard about them, it was definitely like felt refreshing at the time. Like I don't remember like anything sounding like it. Like mm-hmm. it. You know, kind of the way it harkens back to like you know early rock kind of doo wop kind of stuff uh, was, I don't know, just like I don't I, I'm trying to think like what else was going on in 2013 that this would have been like so different than and like where the scene was at that point. Yeah, I feel like that's what I feel like that's what I loved about especially this record too is. There is a very like you can like hear the '60s girl group influence. You can mm-hmm. hear some like, like you know, not like country per se, but like certain like the country rock crossover of like the '60s. Um, it yeah, it just like it sounded like a pop record from another time mm-hmm. with a DIY. Like, indie spin on it like yeah you know like listening back to it i hadn't listened to the record in a while and i was like oh i should like definitely listen to this so i put it on vinyl um and or put the vinyl on the record player and was listening and i was like damn this is like scrappier than i remember i remember when it came out and i was like this is the best sounding thing that's ever happened and i'm like oh i can because i have some more experience like recording my own records and whatnot i'm like oh i can hear the charm of like the actual recording itself um and i know that it was recorded sam recorded some of it themselves and then kyle gilbride recorded the rest at at their house which i'm pretty sure was nacho house i can't i don't don't quote me on that um but yeah i would like i had like a whole new appreciation for it because I was just thinking about what it would have been like to record it and then listen back to those songs. And they're just so you like the percussion on the record is so unique. Mm-hmm. I love the use of vocals on the record. They become like almost another instrument in the way that like, you know, the Jordanaires were like a um, like a vocalist uh, instrument, essentially, you know, this group of vocalists that would sing like with Patsy Cline and um, mm-hmm. other singers like like her and yeah i was i just thought that that was it's just such a i don't know it's just a really unique record um so yeah yeah i think like some of like it hearkening back to like kind of 50s 60s uh, groups kind of also like rekindled my relationship with like listening to that music and also like kind of having I guess like an appreciation more than just like hearing it when you were like riding with your parents as like a kid, you know, like, oh, I should really like dig in, you know, to this. Like that's what was really nice about it. And probably like from that point to now, like I feel like I've, you know, learned so much about like, you know, uh, it came a little later, but like stacks and Motown and things that Mm -hmm. probably kind of goes back to (laughs) something wild or those EPs before it you know yeah it, it was nice I feel like 
you know, one of the first or the first song I ever wrote when I was like five years old was um, a song about a prince and a princess classic uh, to the tune of Little Ava's Locomotion. Mm-hmm. I've just like always been drawn to this that sound. Like I think it's because it's very melodic. There's a lot of vocal parts to sing along to. So when you're a little kid and you're like trying to figure out how to sing you can like sing the oohs or the ahs or whatever and you kind of attach yourself to a melody and all the 60s girl group stuff doo-wop stuff has like the best melodies um so when i heard this record i was like oh shit like this is like it melded two things that i really loved which was like basement punk and you know it was like basement punk bedroom pop 60s girl group record and it was a huge influence everything about something wild was such a huge influence when i wrote cowgirl blues um which is katie allen's first record like i was like looking at the artwork and i was like damn i don't think i didn't mean to rip this off but i definitely did i don't think i realized that until you said it yeah oh yeah i can see that because i was i loved collage Mm -hmm. like it, it just spoke to me in so many different ways i was like oh i love this so yeah i was thinking back to like um it was the first record i'd heard in a while too where i had that sort of childlike desire to like get the record like i waited to buy the vinyl until i saw the show you know i went to see them live um i think at nacho house which is why or maybe it wasn't Nacho some house in west philly that i went to i was living in new york at the time and i went to the something wild i think it was the release show maybe um or maybe they were just playing i can't recall now but i like specifically waited so that i could buy it in person which was like something i did when i was like 15 and i remember just hearing you know waiting for the record to come out and then going on Bandcamp and like you know like obsessively reading the lyrics and yeah being like you know what does this mean like what's what's the story being told here and it does the record does tell a story i feel like you know you make your own meaning out of it but it also has this theme like of sort of unrequited love or like mm-hmm. i kind of read the record as like like a, it's not about infidelity but it's it definitely feels like it's about this kind of like a secret love affair in some ways um which is a very like uh country mm-hmm. you know like theme like there's all you know everyone has the cheating song or whatever from both sides and yeah so even thematically i feel like it kind of harkened back to this sort of other era of time Um, yeah i like i love the way that he's able to do those type of songs and it doesn't like a lot of times when you think like when i think of like a textbook emo band it's always like it's like kind of like a she did this to me kind of thing and then it's like you know i'm gonna almost like getting revenge kind of thing Mm -hmm. but it's so it's so general in a good way that it's like it's expressing your feelings without kind of like oh i'm gonna i'm gonna do some scheme to get back so so the generality even though i think there are and a lot of songs i'm thinking i'm trying to think if it's like genders it but i think it only does because of you know sam or like my relationship to it with sam but i don't know if it actually does in the songs like it it, i'm thinking it remains pretty general yeah i don't even think there's a pronoun used i think it's like just you and i and i loved that allison sang a song on the record that was like you know something that 
like I just I'm now I'm like thinking about how how much like every band I was in was just like a radiator hospital ripoff band because when I'm thinking of like the chumped record we had although I didn't write that song so Sam you know wrote all the songs and then Allison sang a song but on the chumped record Doug sung a song um Mm -hmm. and it was really nice to kind of break it up to be like okay here's my voice and then there's this other voice telling telling a story too you know because a band is multiple people um but we were also huge swearing fans this like whole like swearing radio hospital wax edgy like the whole they were like their own like kingdom in my mind and oh it was really um, big like one of my long time current band uh our one of our first shows was like really their first tour mm-hmm. like with swearing and waxahachie and so like this that contingent of people like definitely was like what i needed at that time like yeah you know like i felt like i was like kind of moving out of being like kind of self-identifying as a punk and you know i listened to a lot of other music and whatnot but it was like you know i'd already gone from that shift to like guy in hardcore bands then guy into in an alt country band then was kind of going back into like well i want to do something more melodic but i don't think it's that far so this just came at like such a time that was like oh you can kind of still be a part of it like diy as we were saying but like do something you know unique with it you know like early or at least i could try to you know yeah um so it was like just what you're saying, like it was super important. And I think I'm also realizing that like one of my other bands, like how much we probably uh, ripped off, you know, Radiator Hospital or that kind of relationship dynamic or probably even inadvertently ripped off Chumped. You know? Yeah. Well, so. that's. I mean, we're all nodding, but I think that's <laughs> that's just what you I mean, that's how I think when someone does something innovative or interesting or does it well people are drawn to i mean not always but people are drawn to it and you know it influences things and especially you know i think it speaks a lot a lot to like communities of musicians who are collaborating and um sort of creating their own sound and it's been happening since like the beginning of time you know Mm -hmm. since music existed in when we were cave people and made cave music um so yeah we're just influenced by all the things we love and we you know little kids learn by emulating and mirroring and we're all just sort of adult little kids trying to live our lives yeah <laughs> so. yeah i uh, but i also think i mean i do it every once in a while but it, it feels like for a band for me to like reach out to them and be like where can i find this like seven inch is this tape available or like do you have that like it like I, I'm of a certain age that I don't feel like I do that that much. So even like years ago, like that, I still that's not my usual mo. But I remember like emailing and being like, "Can I get this EP from you for Radiator Hospital?" And that mm-hmm. that's not like a common thing I do, you know. <laughs> like yeah. so, yeah, it it definitely like was something where I was like seeking it out and just like trying to get like everything of this this group of people, you know. And yeah. just being like, how can I be friends with these people? Yeah. <laughs> so, but I do remember like a show, uh, Radiator Hospital played in Charlotte. Um, and it was like the last song um, and just like sang it, you know, like no instrumentation, just like sang the whole song. So mm-hmm. kind of like hearkening back to those groups, just like kind of makes you think about in terms of songwriting, like 
how much we kind of put on things that it might not need, you know, and just like kind of getting, I feel like I've had so many podcast uh, episodes where I've said this, but like trying to get to the root of like songwriting in the sense of like where it just used to be vocal groups, you know, and yeah. that's, it's such a hard thing and Sam does it, you know, yeah. <laughs> so many well, times. Yeah. I think it's, it's interesting. Like, I don't know what, you know, what Sam's songwriting process is, but something that you said made me think about something that Roger and I talk about a lot in our house, which is how do you serve the song? Mm -hmm. Um, And I think a lot of people who are musicians or songwriters, you know, they're not, they're like not serving the story itself. You know, mm-hmm. it's more about like service. Sometimes you're like serving your ego, you know. So we, we've we been talking about it in the context of like, okay, well, if you're going to record a record in Nashville and you've only got like a day and you have nine songs to do and you bring in a bunch of studio musicians who are like going from studio to studio and basically just crunching songs out, you know, um, it's like there's not – they've learned – to work with so many different songwriters they're coming in and they're like okay this is how you play the song how do i best serve it with my instrument of expertise um and when people like i feel like you know you want to as a songwriter who's trying to figure out how to produce a song for instance it's like well how do i serve the song like how how is this song going to be best put forth and there's so many different ways to do that um and almost like I guess it's almost like thinking about it in the context of like separating yourself from the work in some ways like which is really hard to do as an artist quote unquote um but um yeah just like like figuring out a less is more I I think that's why this record is so special it has a really like less is more approach in some ways you know yeah like yeah. the, there's a lot of like different ways that songs are presented and they all could have been a straightforward, you know, rock situ- situation, but they're not. And I think that served, served the work, you know? Um, yeah. I think it, like I've worked during the pandemic, I've kind of like worked on kind of like recording myself more. And then now with revisiting this, I'm like, kind of gives me so much more appreciation for it because it's like even though it's done like with like a four track it seems like or something of the type that it's like to make everything feel like it's in its right place is Mm -hmm. so much harder like we've spent months just trying to figure out this simple fucking ep that essentially is acoustic but trying to make everything feel like it rings true and authentic is so hard yeah. Like doing less, like less is more is, is a thing I say to myself all the time. And I don't, you know, I don't think I nail it, but it's something I think about. And it's something that is so fucking hard to do though, like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to actually do it, you know? Yeah. It's like when you're doing like a, you know, when you're making a painting, it's like you can't, I, I mean, now that you can fix it in post, I guess, when you're a musician, but like, you know, when you're making a, making a painting, it's like you can work, you can overwork it and take it too far and then you can't go back, you know? Um, mm-hmm. 
especially if you're working in like a delicate medium like watercolor you know so it's like I guess it depends on what you know where, how do I stretch the metaphor what instrument you're using but yeah it's like you can totally overwork songs and I feel like oftentimes the people's you know people's best records are the records that feel the most they're just they have a sense of a, a sense of authenticity because they won't weren't overthought or overworked you know um I'm reading Dan Ozzy's book sell out right now so I'm just like thinking about all these records where they're like that you know the A&R guys like that's what we want and then they like get the the something wild and then uh, or you know they sign a band on their something wild and then they come up with another record on the label that's like they're trying to do the right thing and go, like go balls to the wall because they're making a fifty thousand dollar record or a five hundred thousand dollar record or something and then the record label's like this isn't very good and it's like yeah well because there's a lot of pressure and we overthought it and we're just trying to like live up to your expectations and yeah I was, we were listening to uh, Daniel Johnston over the weekend and it played something off of fun. And while that record has some good songs, it's like, like everything is like properly done on that record. Mm. And so in some way it's like, you feel like you're losing something mm. on that one. And it's, so it's like you, then you gravitate toward the earlier Daniel Johnston stuff that's, you know, it is how it is. Um, and that like has so much more heart to it than like hearing like an actual like hot shit band playing yeah. to it. Those kind of things like, you know, like take away that thing that you can't like redo, like, you know, like records that aren't like set to a metronome or like mm -hmm. just those things that are just kind of perfect the way they are. And then when they get put in a different element, you know, kind of just, uh, like you're saying with Dan Ozzy's book, um, it just loses something and then I guess sometimes those bands like disappear you know or they don't like live up to it but it's like should they have then stayed kind of doing what they were doing that was working instead of like this major label ideal you know right. I guess that's the age, age old question there yeah I I'm a person who really values the humanistic like when the humanism comes through a recording I like mistakes I like when vocals aren't perfect when things you know like when you can hear the hiss of a microphone like I like knowing that a human made the music you know that it's not um an algorithm making this song for you it's like a person who's putting their heart on their sleeve um, and there's like a time and place for like, you know, big, I love pop music, you know, yeah. I love, I love Megan the Stallion, you know, yeah. um, I don't need to hear Megan the Stallion make a bedroom rap record, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. you know, um, but, uh, yeah, I'm like kind of a sucker for like a, an app, like a lo-fi sound i also think there's something beautiful definitely at the time that i heard this record i was like oh i can this is it made it feel like making a really great record was accessible you know whereas mm -hmm. when i like listen to fucking megan the stallion i'm like <laughs> i can't make that record you know yeah. um and in some ways it's like you could i could if i had like if i invested in the right equipment and like learned a lot about audio recording and stuff um but 
uh that's not what necessarily what I want to do so it was nice to like hear a record like um I think Chump had just put out uh let's see we put out our EP in 2013 so shortly after let's see something wild came out in july of 2013 and the chump dp came out in november of 2013 because radio hospital played our record release show mm. which was a six band bill at a diy venue basement house in brooklyn <laughs> when i was just texting mikey um who is the other half of um the afterglows sam's project the afterglows and mikey was playing in the band the ambulers at the time and they played that show and i was just like do you remember when we played a six band bill at one time <laughs> probably started at like 9 p.m um but uh yeah anyway i was like i think we had made this ep in like literally a day i think mm -hmm. um we had a day in the studio um and after hearing something wild i was like oh we could do some there's a lot of cool things that we could do for our LP, you know. Um, and I feel like it gave me some confidence knowing that making something that really speaks to people and speak and like that you're proud of it can be accessible. Yeah. Yeah. What's always like weird about like Radiator Hospital to me is like, for how much it meant to me, I always felt like they deserved more, but I don't know what that really would look like. You know, like it's just like, I'm like, they, sh I mean, they're still a band, but it's like, they should have been a bigger band. And I don't know. I mean, I could say that endlessly about so many different things, but, uh, but even like thinking about like something you were saying about like liking like lo-fi bands um, and kind of feeling like that speaks to you authentically do you ever feel like kind of being that way, like, and I'm really projecting a lot of myself here, almost like holds you back in a sense? Like because you value a lo-fi, like, sound, you could never, like, get signed to a major label and live out your wildest dreams because Maybe, they're, but they I don't, don't even know that. if I ever wanted it because I think back to, like, my goals to, like, why I ever started playing in bands and it was like, oh, I should have probably had bigger goals because it was like, you know, I was like, oh, I can burn a CD and that'll be cool, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I guess it depends on how you made your success, right? So I've, I kind of push back on myself about this all the time because I am 32, you know, I essentially like was 24 when my like tiny shitty punk band like somehow captured the ears of people who wanted to listen i like had no goals or expectations other than to like you know drink beers with my friends two nights a week and play music and that kind of like um you know gave me this idea of like oh like i want a career in music you know and then it was like, it's seven years later and I put out, I just put out a solo record that I'm super proud of. Um, but it's like, yeah, I'm constantly like, is it too late? Like, why am I even, you know, what do I want out of this? Like, can I even stay up late enough to play shows anymore, you know? Yeah. Um, and I've learned so much just about like how 
um, you really have to create your own ideas of success that are outside of these very specific competitive capitalistic ideas of success like there's so many different ways to feel successful and you have to create those own metrics you know and it's like reading this book it's like yeah um these huge bands jimmy world green day thursday jawbreaker like um you know like all of these that I was like, these are huge, these are hugely successful bands. I don't know what any of them are doing. I mean, they probably like get some sort of money every month from digital downloads mm -hmm. and stuff, yeah. but, um, or streams, you know, but I'm like, maybe they're sitting here having the same conversations. And I feel like most of us are, you know, I look at my friends who are like, oh my God, that guy's like really successful. And he's like, I don't know what I'm fucking doing. I feel like I'm the kid, like watching the bus full of cool people go on the cool tours and make cool records. And here I am. And I'm like, damn, you feel like that? You know, I think it's just like, they, they, <laughs> they want us to feel like that, but it's true. We like operate in this, this like scare, like this idea of scarcity as if there's not enough creativity to go around, as if there's not enough like joy to go around and we're constantly competing for it. And like the only way to feel successful is to be Taylor Swift, you know? And that comes mm -hmm. from like everyone from like the nurse practitioner at the nurse's office. That's like, Oh, you're a musician. When you become Taylor Swift, like, you know, don't forget about me. It's like, there's a lot in between like us and taylor swift you know yeah. like they're so and it's just like you know like i had this experience yesterday where i'm like you know i'm really excited to make my next record i'm trying to figure out you know what i'm what my values are like musically and um you know i think that sometimes you get so caught up in like setting goals that you can't achieve you know like mm -hmm. i think it's important to have dreams but i can't control whether or not people like my record you know i can't control whether or not xyz label wants to sign me to their label um but i can control like trying to write the 10 best songs that i feel like i've written you know I can I yeah. can I can try to write one really good song or I can try to play music every week, you know, things that like I I'm trying to focus on stuff that like I can control and like have some setting some secret intentions out there like yeah, I'd love to play on SNL one day, you know. But it's like I'm not going to focus on that because I can't control it. So, yeah. you know, I can write it on my little intention sheet and put it in my intention jar and then I can go work my ass off and write a song <laughs> because I'm not going to get on SNL without writing a good song, you know. So, yeah, like last night I played this um, benefit show and I I work for a restaurant and um, the person who owns the restaurant was hosting a benefit show for a, a couple who runs a bakery in the neighborhood and they both just got diagnosed with cancer. My mm. boss at the restaurant was like, do you want to play some music? And I was like, sure. And she was like, yeah, like kind of like cocktail party vibes. And I was like, I've never done anything like that before. I have no idea. But my friend Kaylee Goldsworthy, who um, has been playing violin in the Anika Pyle band, um, was also playing, brought her guitar. And then this person I had never met before, um, we asked to play and 
instead of like playing like a show we just sat in the corner and we were like i was like i brought a bunch of covers i got some tabs you know i printed out from ultimateguitar.com and <laughs> and i was like yeah i have a little set list so we just like started a band in the corner you know for this cocktail party and like mm -hmm. i played piano and i played classical guitar and kaylee played violin and it was like such a good challenge like i never jam i'm a songwriter so like i don't jam you know i'm like really yeah. embarrassed by it i'm like i don't fucking know what key this song is in i still don't know that shit after know. all these years and but it didn't matter we like figured it out you know and it was so fun it was like one of the most satisfying musical experiences i've had in so long because i was like in a total state of flow which is like you're doing something within your skill set but you're challenged just beyond your skill set so you're being challenged you're totally in the moment and the goal of the thing is the thing itself you know i wasn't mm -hmm. like waiting for the snl booker guy to come into the cocktail party and be like that girl should be on snl you know which i feel like are these yeah. stories that we've been fed since we're like little kids like that we're gonna like play the big gig and the and the cool guy is gonna come in and like scoop us up you know i used to want to be an actress and i heard this story about natalie portman and they were like, yeah, Natalie Portman was just in a coffee shop one day and someone came over and said, do you want to be Queen Amidala? Which is like not true, but I totally, as a 15-year-old who was like, I want to be Queen Amidala, was like, I believe that. And so for years, I was just like waiting for my moment. And it's like... Your Queen Amidala moment? Yeah, my Queen Amidala moment. It's like nobody's fucking out there looking for Queen Amidala. Like sometimes crazy shit like that does happen, but it's often because of nepotism because like you, your parents are already in the entertainment industry, you know? Yeah. So like for me, yeah. it's just like it goes back to that like how do I serve the work, you know? Like how do I find these moments where it was like where I felt like last night where I was like I'm challenged, but I'm feeling good. I've never done this before. I walked away like feeling like a million bucks. I was like, I don't need to be famous. I just need to be the guy in the corner riffing, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, and that's maybe not, you know, I don't know. I don't know. It's a hard balance because like, I think that that should be, that should be ultimately, and like it was, like that should be 100% fulfilling and be all that matters. And I mean, that should be the end of it. Like no caveat. You know, like, but we're not, we're, but then there's always like a little whisper, I feel like that's like, but, you know, and, it, but it's like, that should be enough, you know? Um, it's like in the last year, I was like, what do I even like about playing music? Like, I mm. don't, like, I, touring kind of sucks, you know? <laughs> like, it's like, I, I'm way more poor. Like, when I tour the most, I'm way more poor than I ever am. I don't have, I didn't have health insurance. Yeah. And, you know, or then like if I even like at work, I asked, um, I was like, I, eventually I'll probably go on tour again. And then they were like, well, I mean, would you leave? You know, like if if you start doing it, they think of it like as a job. It's like eventually I'll leave this job for another job. Like you don't understand. It's like I might as well be going off on a golf excursion, you know, like, yeah. and I'll be coming back, <laughs> you know. Um, but it's like, yeah the thing it's like what is enough you know like mm -hmm. you know and i came to like a conclusion that was like well all i really ultimately like doing is writing songs you know um uh, and just kind of trying to remind yourself like that's hopefully the only reason you got into it because i don't know what else i would personally be getting out of it if it wasn't just for that yeah you know um so yeah i mean playing for a benefit show 
should 100% be enough, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think it's like, for me, I have had moments where, you know, I can like look at every career move I've ever made, musical, I actually both careers, all the career moves I've ever made as like giant <laughs> failures, you know? Um, or I can just look at them as lessons, like, and that's kind of the mindset I've been trying to get into is like, all right, you know, uh, yeah, this kind of sucked. Like, I don't want to do that again, you know? And I'm, a, I'm the person who has to like make, I have to make a mistake a couple of times to uh, <laughs> get the lesson through, you know? So, um, but it's just like, yeah, all those things you're just like, you got to get curious. It's like, you know, maybe I don't like touring. Like, I don't have to tour to make music, you know, or I don't have to tour the way that I've been touring. How can I do it differently? Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, getting curious about what, what does bring you joy. Because if you're not, like, that's why Chump broke up. <laughs> we had one yeah. rule. If it's not fun anymore, it's like, if it's not fun and it's not making us money, what the fuck is the point? You know, yeah. that was just it. It was like, yeah, maybe if we were like, one of those old head bands where they're all touring with each other and they hate each other, but it's paying their bills and they have children to feed at home. Sure. But it's like, no, I'm not going to like, like ruin all of my closest relationships to get paid $150 a night, you know, yeah, if <laughs> like, even. If even. yeah I'm just not going to do that. Like it's not, there's no point, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was really kind of like getting back to the joy. And then I feel like kind of starting Katie Ellen was like, yeah, it was like, oh, I want a career in music. I want to do this. And it's going to be like this. And we're going to figure it out. And, you know, I like, I hit a lot of roadblocks, like, and was basic, basically like tortured myself, you know, like had all these expectations about what I could do in my career and didn't do any of them. And it paralyzed me instead of just moving on, you know, I like obsessively ruminated about all these mistakes that I had made, which is like, I just wasted time, you know, which is why it yeah. took me this long to do a thing that's been on my, you know, sticky notes of goals that I can control, you know, write a solo record has been on there for like seven years, six years. And it took me this long and, you know, and a global pandemic and like, you know, my dad dying to finally be like, this is time for me to do this, you know, and that was really joyful because I challenged myself and I was like, the point of this is to get better, you know, so I'm going to learn photoshop to do the art because i want to figure out how to do it and i'm going to you know record just with one other person because i want to challenge myself to like show up for my work you know um and that was that was how i was going to find joy even though you know sometimes we're like well this thing brought me joy in the past like why is it not working anymore and sometimes you just have to strip it all away and like do exactly what you did and be like what do I really love? Well, I really love like writing songs. So like, you know, well, how can I set a goal around writing songs? Like, yeah, you know, and like, I'm, yeah, like how can I, maybe you get with a friend and you share songs back and forth like me and Mike Yerg did that one time, like just for the sake of accountability, you know, it's like, I want to write, you want to write, let's not do this for MCA records let's just like hold ourselves accountable to doing the thing that we really like to do you know yeah that's that's been kind of one of the things where it's like 
Well, I mean, I'll probably work towards like another full length or whatever, but it's like if if even sometimes the music can be like smaller projects, it's like, oh, I've never kind of done something. I'm not very good at like when I write something, it's just going to come out the way it's going to come out. Like yeah. I, can, I feel like I could never be like, oh, let me write a song that sounds exactly like the Beatles or whoever we want to insert there. And it's like, I'm not going to be able to do it. <laughs> but, you know, kind of like almost like trying those little project things that are like, I can't usually do it, but what if that's the intention of the project? Dude, yeah. And, and yeah. yeah. that And sometimes the best stuff comes out of that. Like, yeah. I, I also like really think that, you know, we've been obsessed. I mean, I don't know what your experience has been, but my experience was like, oh, I listen to records and I write songs. And all of a sudden it was like, all right, you got to write a record. I got to write some records. You know, we don't, we don't yeah. just we don't just like collab on a song. I don't just like do things. Yeah. I write a whole artistic piece and it needs to be cohesive and like you know cuz it's got to be like something wild by Radiator Hospital. Like yeah. <laughs> it has to be like this good and perfect um to me. And I really have learned the value of just like yeah, like especially if you love to write songs and you're probably sitting on a bunch of them like, you know, or you want to like like collaborate with someone you know like i'm my new motto is collaboration not competition like you know if there's someone you're like like a musician in town where you're like i fucking love this steel guitar player but i can't play i can't write a song with a steel guitar you know it's like yeah be like you want to write a song with me you know like um i feel like you're like staring into exactly things that we've i've put on like goals that i want to do mm. and you're naming so many of them and it's fucking it's weird my woo energy dog yeah well we keep like talking about because i have a guy that i used to be in a band with that plays pedal steel and we've been like we got to get him on a song got to get on a song but did the exact fucking thing we're like well we don't put pedal steel on our songs and then it's like just put them on a fucking song like it's like it's one of our best friends like so i mean i sorry to cut you off but it was just like i was like or is there a note behind me? That's, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, like I feel like I, you know, like it's just life is an experiment. Like, and if you're sitting there being like, why the fuck have I failed this? Like, why did I, why haven't I, you know, do I even like anything in my life anymore? And why have I spent so much time doing this thing that like, I don't even know if I like it. It's just like, sometimes you just got to shake it up and try something completely new. Like, and yeah, I love to, like, I, the other day, you know, when I get like, I'm in a kind of a creative rut currently. I'm like not mm -hmm. producing anything, which is strange after having like the most creative year I feel like I've ever had. Um, and I like sitting on a bunch of songs that I'm like, is this the record I want to make? I don't know. I keep listening to it and I'm like, Maybe I need to write more songs, but I don't even know how to write a song anymore, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I find to bring it back to a, our an earlier conversation we were having in our conversation about like sort of emulation or imitation. Like sometimes the best songs for me are like when I'm like, you know, I want to write a song that sounds like the Beatles for instance to use your like like how like here's this song i love what do i love about it how do i i you know how do i write a song like that like um the song adaptation of peritotos on the katie ellen ep still life i was like i want to write a song that sounds like our song um 
but yeah you're like okay what's the core what are the chords in this song what's what the what is the instrument that they you know the primary instrument and like how does it feel to like play it you know and then you're kind of like um because you never know what what hits you maybe it's the chord progression maybe it's a melody maybe it's like the tempo and i find that kind of like um trying to recreate that experience usually like i'm not good enough to play the song i i get annoyed i give up and then i just write my own song that kind of sounds like that which is usually what happens that's where it's like i've almost intentionally started doing the same thing because it's like i know from years of failing at making a song that sounds like something else i don't know if i could do it if i tried so even if i try it's not gonna be that song i mean i think some people do have a thing where they can I can't. So yeah. it's like, why don't I just even like try and sort of learn the first chord or something, right? You know, or like what I think it sounds like, you know, just like look at like tabs for a second and then kind of just play through it and then you go, well, I can't. So, oh, a new song, you know. And I've never really even tried that because I always thought, oh, that'll. But it's like I know my resume. I can't do it. So it's you know I'm not even worried about that anymore. But you know, like even thinking about. um like the EP you did uh, a couple years ago with uh, with Sheena mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Augusta, uh, you know, th- that kind of collaboration too, I guess that was probably almost like maybe the little seeds that kind of make you think, oh, I should do this more. Uh, oh, know? yeah. I mean, that was completely born out of three people who have all been on tour together who, you know, are like why do we even do this anymore (laughs) music sucks it's awful it makes me feel bad i hate twitter i'm constantly comparing myself to people what do we love about music and just being like why don't we just make some songs together for the sake of making songs you know and um that doesn't sound like you know any of our punk bands that we're in like we just want to make music and have an excuse to hang out with each other you know and that was really what that project was about and it was so beautiful it was such a nice experience it was just like um you know like just it challenged me in so many ways like I had never played on anybody's song before ever you know yeah I'm the song guy you know so being able to ask myself like how am I serving this person's song um and you know what can i add you know what's the added value i can bring um was such a new and special experience playing the songs live was really different i'd never played the keys live before i'd never like played guitar with somebody before it was like such a transformative experience in so many ways and i think um yeah just to kind of like honor each other as people who we could be in direct competition with each other, you know, like, but we're not. We've chosen to collaborate, and that was really beautiful and powerful. Um, yeah, and, like, yeah, I've really been into just, like, being, like, just make something and see what happens. Like, connecting to sort of, like, that, you know, when you're a little kid and you're just, like, well, I, w- I can be a painter, you know. You can do anything when you're a little kid, so you're, like, you get out of the thing and you make a painting and it sucks but it was really fun you know and your mom's like wow that painting is the best you know (laughs) like i love the colors like 
kind of like reconnecting to that sense of like playfulness you know when it comes to music like because I'm sure it's like you know I think all the other shit clouds your experience in so many ways and that's not to say that like I you know don't like have a fucking mental breakdown every time like Twitter suggests that I like and follow everything about Phoebe Bridgers because you know of course you gotta love Phoebe but it's just like (laughs) it's like yeah it's one of those things where if you're comparing yourself to people it's like I could do that you know that could be me like but it's like it's kind of fucked up like so it's like the twitter equivalent of like you see like a relative and they're like well i was watching tv and i saw this person on there you should do that mm-hmm. you know and you're like it's it's not that easy you know yeah, <laughs> and the, yeah. or like my my in-laws sometimes are like why don't it just I, in a way it feels like they're like why don't you play music that makes money <laughs> you know and it's like oh i never thought about that you know, yeah I'll, oh my god thank you so much for the tip <laughs> the hot tip like, yeah i've been yeah. yeah. I, at what point I've been asked. So at what point do you give up? <laughs> it's like <laughs> I'm not, you know, I can re- I can I can rearrange what music what purpose music serves in my life. Um but I'm not going to give it up, you know. I've definitely thought about it <laughs> a lot. But like yeah. I think it's just like um yeah, I think that kind of that's where it sort of goes back to like like what do you what are you trying to get out of it and I think when I ask myself that question it's really different from what it was 10 years ago you know and they're real they're like you know I've tried I've been really conscious of like trying not to be like an old guy recently like I don't want to be like that old guy who like is you're like why is that old guy at the show or the old guy's like i can't stand at the show but it's like sometimes you can't like i have chronic pain issues and like touring is hard on your body you know like and i i do think that i'm not i don't i'm not sure what your experience is like but a lot of my music anxiety is like centers around touring because that's how we supposedly make money you know and that's that's how you don't you don't get you don't expand your network of people if you're not on the road usually like it's the quickest way to do it it's how you get in front of people it's how you share your music with the world um in a in the realest way i think um not that you can't like get on a spotify playlist and like get or go viral on tiktok or whatever but i think the most the way that's most in our control kind of is to go on tour um and yeah it's tough you really have to like i think that there's not a lot of understanding from the general public about what sacrifices you make to spend even six weeks of your life living out of a van you know it's like that's for me it's like been making the choice between jobs that pay me a lot of money and jobs that don't pay me very much money you know to have yeah. a flex- flexible schedule like it's been you know challenging to remain consistent in a lot of ways like um because it's great if you can tour on a bus or you can tour and afford to sleep in a hotel every night but if you're touring and you're like in a strange you know in sometimes you're in a stranger's house or like you're <laughs> like it's not a comfortable environment and it, and it does get harder as you get older to be like 
can I reasonably do this? And if the answer is like absolutely fucking yes, then you figure it out. And if the answer is like, I don't love this as much as I used to, then you reevaluate your approach, you know? Um, while while I like started a job and it's like it gives me benefits and all that stuff it's like I don't know if I'm as willing as I was even a few years ago to just like throw it away to go get like 40 bucks at a place or be paid in nachos you know like it's like it's like I I don't know if I can but also I think that sometimes people tell you that that's necessary to being creative and while it might be necessary to like get yourself ahead in some quote unquote way, and I, I agree with you, I think that kind of like touring, you know, is like the best way to get in front of people. If you, it's it's like uh, well, what I, what I think I'm long windedly saying is like I felt less creative when I was doing that than when I'm at home more, and so it's like this fucked up thing where it's like I'm. I set up my life so that I can tour, but that means I have to work three jobs. So I don't really have time to write songs to sort of do the thing that I'm doing the thing for. Yeah. But then like when I'm home more, I feel more creative and kind of fulfilled. So it's like, oh, I'm fucked. <laughs> well, but why? I mean, you know, I'm I'm going to challenge you and say like, who thinks you're fucked? You're, you're like, you know, my one of my favorite artists who is she's deceased because she's was like 97 but bonnie guitar she was like not, she's not a household name nobody fucking knows mm -hmm. if you're not like a deep country cut fan you don't know who bonnie guitar is Pr very prolific songwriter put out a bunch of records co-managed a record label called dot records which for her time was like pretty crazy um incredible guitarist and she played every single weekend at this bar in i, I want to say the town's called silver lake somewhere in washington every single weekend she still played up until like the day she died when she was like 97 years old and she you know didn't do a lot of interviews but i watched a short documentary about her and she was just like they like honored her in her town and you know, she was like, oh, I got to do a lot of great things. But, you know, the most important thing to me was that, like, I just kept playing and I just loved to play. And it's like, that is successful. You know, we don't like I think a lot of people are, are look at your situation where you're like, yeah, I'm actually more productive. I'm more fulfilled because like I'm I, I, I have stability. You know, I don't have to worry about how the fuck I'm going to pay my rent. And like, yeah when you and like totally when you spend like eight hours of your day doing something for somebody else you can't fucking wait to get home and be like i can't wait to sit and play my guitar and write a song it feels mm -hmm. so good that's probably why you got into it in the first place because you're trying to fucking escape yeah. your fucking dumb job or whatever um but sometimes you like land a pretty good dumb job it feels really good to you you get to make music and then like you could spend every weekend playing out if you wanted to um, and just because you're not touring and you're not, you know, like playing SNL, which like, you know, Taylor Swift gets to play. It's, she's playing five times with well, that kind of how are we even supposed to get on SNL when they're asking the same guy five times to play, you know, yeah. um, it's like that to me is success. You know what? Like it's 
it's the absence of struggle and it is like the locus of joy you know is like you being able to like i can challenge myself to write and i feel like we like have so many societal tropes of like oh yeah my like that guy who like didn't make it it's like fuck you you know like why is there only the ceo of music you're either like the ceo or nothing you know there's like you can be I keep saying, I just want to be the part-time entry-level administrative assistant of music. <laughs> yeah. Beyonce is the CEO. Okay. I'm never going to be the CEO. I don't even want that kind of pressure. I just want to be the guy that like puts in the timesheets of music, you know? Yeah. I've always said like, if for some reason someone wrote like a mu- uh, book about music of the Southeast or something, and then it's like, there's a thing and then you got to go to the footnote and then it references my band. I'm like, when I was a kid, that would have been enough. And that should be enough. You know, it's like you got mentioned in like a history book. Like, like I don't know, I haven't read Dan Ozzy's book now, but there, there might be some footnote that's like, oh, these people also played in blank. Yeah. You know? And then it's like, oh, well, yeah. <laughs> like that, that's, that's fine. Yeah. With me. A lot of times that's fine. Like, I'm like, this is, it's like, you know, it's like makes me think of bands like like Plow United or something, you know, like, uh, you know, and they, they even had higher highs than they w- I don't feel like they would be a footnote. But, you know, but it's like those kind of bands like mean a whole lot to me. Yeah. You know, those kind of things that like they're not Green Day. Right. You know, but they meant a whole hell of a lot to somebody, <laughs> you know. I try to tell myself that all my dreams came true and chumped. So now whatever else I do, you know, which is like not true. But at the time... It's like, you know, my mom is actually really good about this for all her, you know, momness. She always says, like, don't get down on yourself. You've done so many things that, you know, people in their lives would never have gotten to do. Like, mm-hmm. even think about just like going on tour. How many people are sitting there? How many kids are sitting in their house right now being like, damn, I just wish we could go on tour. How fucking sick would that be? Or I just wish I could play a show. Like, sick, you know? And it's like, or I wish I could make a record. Like, you know, remember, like, that I'm, you know, trying to connect to that, like, like, um, just sense of, you know, accomplishment and gratitude for the things that you've been able to do. And then, you know, you create new things that you want to do and like try and you know try and challenge myself to be like they might not look like you think you know like you get a lot more joy you know, like I got a lot more joy out of doing what I did last night which no one's ever going to hear about you know um unless you listen to this podcast or you were there <laughs> um like then some shit that I like then you know getting some like i'm sure it's more was more joyful and meaningful than a lot of the things where i'm like that's i would love to do that you know yeah i wish that there was like a way in my head or i guess any of our heads that it's like let's say those instances like if you were written about by stereo gum or something like those should still like be like those are milestones like whatever they you know it's like things that you should kind of be like i did do that you know and appreciate it kind of for what it is and not like oh i'm on this rung the next rung is wherever spin or something you know and it's like 
So as you like hit those things, I think sometimes it's like if you don't have another one on the horizon, it's like I it's like I tell myself I'm a failure or something, you know? right? Or I, I you know I'm a has been or something, right? You know? But it's like you still did those things. Well, yeah, you know, and it's like it's like you still did chumped, and that's a record that I know like you know my wife listens to often, you know, and it's like these still like mean a lot to people. You know, and that's the band you're not in anymore. You yeah. know, it's like it's a kind of whatever you can kind of insert in that thing. It's like kind of remind yourself. But I think sometimes like being on Twitter or like someone will say something to you and you'll be like, oh, well, I guess that was something I did. Like, you know, it's like society or just the way life works has like a short memory. And it's not like I have to go around wearing a sign that says like I was featured on this site. Yeah. But it should it should kind of like count for something in your own bag of tricks that amounts to anything and i think we almost like got on this tangent because i guess i asked the thing of like radiator hospital should have been bigger but then maybe it's like they are (laughs) you know it's like we're talking about them today yeah and i think a lot of things that we discussed are like things that i felt like as you were saying stuff like it kind of made me think like collaboration made me think about how much like you know, Sam collaborates throughout all the records, you know, and has collaborated in like Waxahachie and other things. And then also like, well, like when, since we were kind of talking about, um, you know, like old country and things like that, like with Radiator, Radiator Hospital having like Cut Your Bangs be covered by Girl Pool. And that's like, if we would have looked back on like history, like, you know, with like Warren Zevon songs being covered by people and, uh, that's like a metric of success in itself. And I think I look back on those things and I'm like, that's really cool mm-hmm. that that happened. Like Chris Christopherson and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, it's funny that you, it, it's the covering of each other's songs. Like it's so funny how in, you know, I, because I like country music, but because I live with Roger Harvey and we share a life together, I've learned a lot about country music. <laughs> Um, in the past five years, six years. And yeah. something that I love is like how, you know, all of these, like the songs, it's just like totally different than like a DIY scene where it's like, yeah, people are like, Dolly Parton's like writing all these songs and then people are singing them. They're Dolly Parton songs, but you don't know. Or like, you know, Patsy Cline's most famous song is a Willie Nelson song. Um, and yeah people are mm-hmm. always covering the songs to the to the point where like you don't even know if it's a chris christopherson song or a waylon jennings song or like a fucking you know you don't even know who wrote the song it doesn't even matter anymore because it's about the song you know the song is so good and then sometimes like mm-hmm. i think um dolly parton said of i will always love you she was like yeah i wrote that song but that's whitney houston's song you know and it is like most people don't even know it's a dolly parton song. yeah um and I feel like that spirit I wish existed more in, you know, the like indie for what I don't even know what, what do we even call What do we call it now? Um, Whatever we call it now. Because, well, I feel like when we say like DIY, we're saying something different than like. Yeah. Younger. Yeah. People yeah. <laughs> say DIY and that's fine, but it's like it has even a different kind of connotation. Yeah than 2013 than it does and now you know so it's 
Yeah, I mean, but we really should like collaborate. People should collaborate more, especially after everything we've been through in like the past year. And I think it's kind of has opened people up to the idea with like digital singles. Uh, and I think like when we were kind of talking about the idea of like, you know, it's like when you put a record together, you're like trying to get like the best songs you can put it in there. And then you're like, I don't know, it's like two or three or four years later. It's like, if this isn't perfect, then I can't continue forward is what I felt like a lot of times, you know, it's like, but it doesn't have to be that way. Like you can kind of collaborate with friends and go on these little detours. And maybe you're kind of like, you have a note to yourself. That's like, I'm working towards an LP, but it's like, that doesn't have to be the be all end all like album cycle thing. It's really like yeah can can be negative a lot of times and like I think so yeah pushes people out of being creative. It it limits you, um, if that's what the goal is to be like I need twelve songs for a record. You know I think I think it's just like no you can yeah. you know you can do you can bring that weird melody that you wrote the other day to your friend and be like do you want to write this song together you know because it's fun. Um, and you never know what's going to come out of it. And like, that's to me, like the most powerful part of music is, you know, other than it being sort of a spiritual personal healing experience is forming, you know, relationships, like being in community with others. Um, and you know, a lot of us experience that by like going to shows and we met people and we go to fest for 12 years or whatever. And it becomes this like, you know, important community in our lives. Um, and I think that the more we can think outside the box about how to engage that community, especially because we've had a year and a half where we couldn't get in front of people really, um, in any way. So, you know, like, I think it's just kind of open up the possibilities of being like, oh, we can like remotely write a song, you know, and it like, um, it's a little bit different, but yeah, just like kind of keeping that sort of experimentation aspect going for the sake of, if nothing else, just like maintaining or creating relationships with people. Yeah. I mean, cause that's like when I, when I heard radiator hospital for the first time, like I felt like that's like what it put into me that it was like, like you were saying at the beginning, like, I mean, I like I'm primarily a bass player and I it's like I don't know if I'll ever play guitar live, but I'll record it, you know, but that to say it's like it felt like it was like, oh, I could cobble some things together and make it, you know, happen. And it's like those kind of milestones in your life that kind of I guess like some people say, oh, when I heard like Nirvana the first time, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like it made me feel like a Ramones, you know, it was like, you know, or it's like the first time I heard like Hank Williams or something. And I was like, oh, yeah. Oftentimes, Sometimes it's just two it's chords. Just two words. Yo, I just learned you know? "damn it" by Blink One Eighty Two, and <laughs> that's just four. It's just four chords and a hook, and like that's all you need, you know. Like, and but yeah, there's something special like when you can hear like like a not like an like it's like an I don't it's like an yeah authenticity is kind of like to me like this this balance delicate balance of like. I don't give a fuck and I'd give a lot of a fuck, you know? And I feel like you can hear that sometimes where it's Mm -hmm. like, I'm not trying to be precious and perfect about this. I'm going to let the humanity of it show through. Um, But it's like raw and emotional and 
you can connect to it and I feel like that is what something wild was for me it was like it seemed I know it's a lot it seems simple like it's more complicated than I think it is but it just seemed so like different and authentic and um emotional um but like accessible you know yeah yeah and like you were saying with uh like megan the stallion like it's like like uh, i mean it seems funny but it's like what if what if that's like her honest self that we're hearing and i think it is it's like yeah and it's like when you hear something like something wild or you know um since we're talking about it then then it's like i feel like this is sam's authentic self like this project has served to be that and it's like you know when you know your new solo record you know uh yeah but it's just like when you the main takeaway i guess i'm getting from this conversation and i try and like remind myself it's like whatever that wherever that lands me mm-hmm. like be your honest self like if it means you're making like the coolest lint biscuit riffs like be your authentic yeah. self yeah or honest self you know yeah is yeah what yeah. i shoot for I mean, what else do we have if we're not just like connecting from the heart you know yeah I mean, I, I I know we didn't talk about the record a crazy amount, but I, I love when that happens. Um, and But I feel like, like I said a little bit ago, like, I feel like in a way, like when we were saying, when you were saying certain things, like it felt like it, it brings me back to how I felt like about this record when I hear it. So it's like that parallel story of like feeling the record more than like, oh, your boyfriend, yeah, that's a cool song. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Well, and how can you, you know, because you're just, it's joy. You just felt joy. You felt connectivity. So, like, how do you, how do you, like, connect to that feeling and then recreate it when you're making music, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, You know what it feels like to feel excitement and joy. Yeah. Because you felt it when you heard something wild. So, go make, you know, go, go make yourself feel excited (laughs) you know (laughs) and i guess uh well where can people find you online if you want them to you can find me at uh, um instagram i'm on instagram and twitter um anika sneaka is my handle um and i also have a patreon where um, maybe I'll cover a radio hospital song this week, actually. Um, and that's patreon.com slash Anika Pyle. Well, I super appreciate you taking the time to talk with me and speak about this record that means, I guess, a lot to both of us. Yeah, I'm glad we got to revisit it. Thanks for having me. Welcome back. Thanks again to Anika for coming on the pod. Once again, check out their newest solo album, Wild River, and previous music with Katie Ellen and Chump. Had a great time chatting. Okay, next time we're talking with my friend Eric Smeal of the band Clearbody and of Acrobat Unstable Records. We talked about Sweet Trip's 2003 album Velocity, Design, Comfort. Don't forget to check out our Patreon. That's patreon.com slash spinningoutpod. Follow us on social media. Twitter and Instagram at Spinning Out Pod. Rate and review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. 
Thanks as always, Sarah Blumenthal for editing the pod and Pretty Maddie for the theme. Before I let you go, I just wanted to say happy anniversary to my wife, Sarah. We've been married for 10 years as of November 11th, 2021. So happy to call you my wife, bandmate, sometimes co-host of this pod, and editor. Love you so much, and I can't wait to see where the next 10 years or 50 takes us. Love you. Okay. See you next week. <laughs>